Cindy Taylor. I am the uh, one of the founders here at Affair Care, along with my dear hubby David. I wanted to welcome you back to the Affair Care podcast. We had a little bit of time off there during the holidays and uh, enjoyed our uh, little vacation, if you want to call it that. But now we're uh, hitting a new year and want to get right back into the swing of podcasting for you guys, uh, hopefully every week. This week, our topic is one that we actually uh, hear of quite a lot. And that is uh, where the spouse who is the disloyal spouse will say something like this. Well, it doesn't seem like an affair to me, so it's not really an affair, so you just have to get over it. You know, that sort of an attitude. So uh, let me give you like a little bit of a typical story and um, see if this rings a bell with you. The loyal spouse discovers maybe that the disloyal spouse is, oh, let's say emailing or maybe Facebook messaging with an old friend that they went to high school with. The messages have not gone necessarily into clear and distinct, like sexting, but they clearly have gone uh, beyond, um, you know, just typical hello or being friends or, or playing a Facebook game together to where, you know, they're asking uh, personal things of how was your day, how are you feeling today, you know, it's getting personal. And the loyal spouse then would be uh, telling this loyal spouse, this this makes me feel uncomfortable, please stop. And the disloyal spouse will say, well, this isn't an affair. You're exaggerating and and whatnot, right? Or you you don't trust me or, you know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of a typical thing that we hear actually fairly often from the couples that we speak with. So uh, we wanted to address today that in that topic, if you will, the instance that doesn't seem like an affair to me. The first thing that I would say regarding any instance where your spouse, uh, loyal, you know, your spouse approaches you like that and says, "Hey, this thing that you're doing, it's um, it's not working for me," is that if it's affecting your spouse, in what way is that showing them love? After all, the essence of married life, uh, the, the essence of married love to which each party pledges himself or herself is to put the other first. That's a quote from Jay Adams, who actually is one of our teachers for Nothetic Counseling. To put it another way, when you marry someone, you volunteer to at minimum always consider them. And as Christians, we volunteer to spend our life loving them, not getting love back. We're not receiving here, we're giving. So let's look at the, uh, the instance of doesn't seem like an affair to me. And uh, I'm gonna give you four very, very, very typical um, reasons, if you will, or things that we hear from the disloyal spouse um, when they're talking about um, their, their loyal spouse wanting them to, to stop whatever's going on with this friend, okay? So um, one of the first examples we hear, and we, this is probably actually one of the more popular ones, is, well, they need to just get over it. Speaking to, to fellow Christians here in the, in the community, in the audience, that is not how scripture deals with things. Um, in 1 Corinthians 8, uh, verses 8 to 12, 
the Apostle Paul writes, and, and this is actually a, a big long thing, but I'm going to you know just quote certain parts of it. Food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat, and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. When you sin against them in this way, and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. Now, in this section, Paul is talking about this big controversy that they had in Corinth about whether a follower of Christ could eat meat that had been sacrificed to an idol. Uh, furthermore, Paul was Jewish, very Jewish, and um, some of the people in Corinth were even saying that Christians had to keep kosher. So Paul is addressing that issue, and he uh, wrote, if you look at the whole, the context, the whole chapter, he answers this by saying that there is only one God from whom all things come, and for whom we live. Thus, where a meat is cooked does not necessarily make the meat sinful or non-sinful. But, if eating the meat causes a brother or a sister in Christ to fall into sin, then not only have we sinned against the fellow, you know, our fellow Christian, but against Christ. And he also goes on to say that if something that he does causes someone to fall into sin, he would rather not do it at all than to cause them to fall. This is the way of Christian maturity. The, uh, the mature Christian does not put on a stumbling block in front of the baby Christian, even if it is the baby Christian's weakness. So if your spouse is stumbling because of your actions, you are not loving them. Uh, if you are not loving your spouse and you're loving someone else, for example, this friend or the someone who needs you, that, that's the very definition of infidelity. You need to end that friendship and refocus on your marriage. Uh, it may indeed be uh, a weakness in your spouse, and they may need to grow as a Christian. But there are ways that you can help your spouse uh, to do that without that, that don't involve hurting them or the marriage or the family. <laughs> so uh, using this put off and put on uh, model that we use, you put off the sin of causing them to stumble because of your actions and you put on the godly action of helping them grow in Christ. Okay, number two, another uh, second example uh, that we hear often. Uh, well, I wouldn't be friends with the other person if my spouse wasn't such a grouch. <laughs> Enter any kind of blame there you want, you know, that's just an example. Um, but, you know, uh, wait a minute. Let's define right here, you know, right here, right now, who is responsible for what in your marriage. So, certainly it would be easier to be faithful to your spouse if they were loving and pleasant all the time. And uh, I agree, you know, it would definitely be easier if they were always what you wanted them to be. But, God has told husbands to be loving. Period. In Ephesians 5.25, in Ephesians 5.28, in Colossians 3.19, in 1 Peter 3.7, all of those verses say the same thing. Husbands, love your wives. Okay? And then there's not a thing in there about if they do this or that. Okay? 
God has also clearly told us that wives are in submission to their husbands, whether their husband is loving or not. Again, Ephesians 5, 22, 24, and 34, uh, Colossians 3, 18, and 1 Peter 3, 1, all say the same thing. The wife is in submission to the husband as the church is in submission to Christ. So, you don't do it in hopes of getting your spouse to do what you want them to do. And you don't do it only on the condition that. Uh, this is what I hear a lot. I will submit to him if he is a leader. <laughs> I will submit to him if he is loving. You know, No, you do it because God expects you to and has given you the power to. So you put off the behavior of self-centeredness and you put on the behavior of God-centered obedience. Okay, uh, example number three. Well, but this is just the way I am. I'm friendly. Doubtless that is the way that you were as a non-Christian. And being friendly is not the problem. But allowing the, the guise of friendliness to corrupt your good character is it's not the way God wants you to be and with his power it's not the way that you will be in the future so continuing to use that as a reason to keep sinning is not valid <laughs> you're still harming your spouse scripture is full of warnings to keep away from outside influences that lead to to the occasion to stumble so uh, for example in 1st Corinthians 15 33 Paul tells us do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Wow, could it be any clearer than that? Uh, Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Okay, I'll be honest with you, there are so many of those kind of verses in Proverbs that we could go on and on. Um, but as one last example, how about Psalm 1? The whole psalm is about, you know, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, or sit in the seat of the scornful, but who delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law meditates day and night. Clearly, in all over the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, we are told to keep away from those whose lives are displeasing to God. Otherwise, you're likely to be influenced by them. And being pleasing to God would be building your marriage relationship and honoring your commitment. So, you're friendly. Put off the rationalizing that that's just the way you are. And put on the confidence that in God you are a new creation as promised in 2 Corinthians 5.17. The last example we have that we, we typically get is that the, the disloyal spouse is just in, in outright denial that it's, that it's an affair. I mean, it's, it's clear and obvious and blatant to everybody. Um, to be honest with you, the examples that I gave previously, that those were all affairs, every single one of them. And I bet the disloyal spouse in those scenarios didn't think so. If you have convinced yourself that what you're doing is justified, even though you know that it's harming your marriage, in that case you obviously need to stop. If you are the only person in the world that the other person has to turn to, 
then you are having an inappropriate relationship giving a third person the support that's due only to your spouse. If you've told yourself, oh, I deserve better, or love shouldn't be this hard, and you've, you've crossed the line of honoring your vow to forsake all others, then you have been unfaithful. Stop, stop using euphemisms. So, again, using the put-off, put-on method, put off the denial and the justifications, and put on admittance of the sin that you've committed and repentance. The end result is the same in all instances. Uh, the relationship outside the marriage needs to stop forever. There needs to be a rebuilding of your primary relationship, your primary commitment, which is your marriage. So whether your spouse is, is weak, whether there's a flaw in your spouse, you know, some, you know, they're grouchy. Uh, whether you don't want to change, you know, this is just who I am. Or whether you're just denying what you know is true. All of those instances indicate that there is a deep issue in your marriage that needs to be addressed. And so we, uh, we pray that, that uh, you know, you'll come and you'll come and talk to us and read some of our articles and, and email with us to, to be led, you know, back to getting your relationship with God right and then getting your relationship with your spouse right. So uh, if you want to contact us, uh, you, can, you can reach us on our Contact Us page, which um, I'll ask uh, Dear Hubby if he'll put that like right here. <laughs> uh, you can always email us at affaircare at gmail.com. And then that does come to, to both of us, that is to say Dear Hubby and I, so that you would have both a male and a female perspective, as well as a disloyal spouse and a loyal spouse perspective. Um, we, you know, we do focus our ministry on working with people who are Christians and who are married, male and female. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we won't talk to somebody else. Um, that's just where our expertise lies. So, um, you know, we look forward to hearing from you. And um, one thing I was going to ask, if you are interested, uh, please let us know what you'd like to have, you know, some of the next topics be. Uh, we are trying to... Uh, do a podcast on the things that you want to know about. Uh, do you have questions? Do you, you know, what's typical for you? So just let us know. Uh, comment on the, the, the post here or email or just whatever way you can. Get a hold of us and let us know what you'd like to have us talk about on the podcast. So, all right. Thanks uh, so much for coming and God bless. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you.